Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another edition of the Confusion Thursday Night Hangout. Greetings on this beautiful and not hot and muggy night in Atlanta. How are you doing, good sir? I survived. Ladies and gentlemen, I, of course, am your host, Charlie. I'm joined once again by the prolific comer himself, Zidius. It is a pleasure to see you because there's no place I'd rather not not be on a Thursday. Okay, now you're confusing me. Ladies and gentlemen, this, of course, is a Thursday night hangout. This is a live show where we try our best to cover the topics that are most important to you during the show. If you haven't submitted your topic, question, whatever, have no fear. All you got to do is drop it in that chat, and we'll try to add it to the topic list for the show. If, for some unfortunate reason, uh, we do run out of time, we will add that topic to the next show. Hello, Sam Grizzle. Uh, so, without further ado, uh, Zelius, apparently uh, your brain no worky very well. So, tell us a little story. Okay, so here's a little story. Well, first off, I actually sent you two links. The first link about the gamepad controllers, what I actually meant to send you. Uh-huh. Uh, the second one, okay. So, we're starting an esports program at our school. And a couple of them have Nintendo Switches. And basically what we're trying to figure out is how to leverage using the family account. So basically like this switch over here can be playing Splatoon 2. Mm-hmm. This switch can be playing um, Rocket League. And this switch, actually the Xbox is our Rocket League. But this switch can be playing uh, Super Smash Brothers. Right. Right. And so what I meant to send you is basically what we're finding is basically due to licensing is different games have different basically leniency as far as if I have a family ID on Switch 1 and I use family ID on Switch 2, we're finding basically Nintendo, first-party Nintendo games like Super Smash Brothers are much more lenient from being able to sign in from both simultaneously having only purchased it once using that family ID mm-hmm. versus a game like Splatoon 2 or other games, uh, not so much. Where it's like, nope, sorry, gotta buy it again. So that's the link I was sending you because we're all yeah. kind of we're trying to figure this out basically like on the fly, as far as how to do that because we have like 16 kids playing on four switches. So what's the best way to basically cycle them through the games? But if you have three devices playing a um, Super Smash Brothers, mm-hmm. and one of them is playing your Splatoon 2, you might want to rotate it, and now it's three on Splatoon 2. Um, but then you have to start doing with switching of your accounts, and then you got family accounts with children, and then you join. Yeah, it gets kind of crazy, actually, when you're dealing with a multitude of players on a multitude of switches with a multitude of licenses, and some are DLCs that you've purchased, and then some are the cartridges, so it's a whole like mix match. Ooh. Of... DLC. Yeah, do, so like do you have to instance, buy that individually? Well, so here's what we saw, and I think we just need to dig more into it. Like a good example was going back to Super Smash Brothers, right? Uh-huh. So like on the Switch, we had a family adult um buy Super Smash Brothers. Any family account under that could play Super Smash Brothers, no problem. But what we saw was the parent account purchased the DLCs and we threw up the children accounts. They did not have those DLCs. Uh, now we didn't get enough time to look into it. We don't, not sure if it's a matter of each account needs to unlock those characters. Mm-hmm. Feel like in Super Smash Brothers, you have to unlock the DLC characters. They just don't automatically appear to be able to choose from. Or do you, in fact, have to purchase that DLC for each of the children 
count even if the map the master super smash brother works for all the children without having to purchase in that so that's the kind of some of the things we're working through on the esports are kind of those because we're trying to prevent purchasing like 16 editions of super smash brothers with all the dlcs for every single player that gets that's a little expensive. what we're not trying to do because that gets a little bit insane from a cost perspective um so that's kind of where we're at so that's why i said so that link which makes more sense now because I sent that to actually our head esports coach. Ah. And I saw him like two minutes later, and he didn't say anything. And even though we were like literally just talking about that subject. Uh-huh. I was like, that's odd. Usually like he'll say something about my text, but whatever. Um, but it makes a whole lot more sense now why he did it. Cause it wasn't him. Um uh, yes. So that that was the story. So when I sent that to you, I was actually at our middle school esports. Um, practice basically. I see. I see. Um, so, like, actually, today for the first time, our middle school. So the kids know things, man. So, like, for instance, like they won't play Rocket League on the Switch. It has to be on the Xbox because you get better frame rates. Um, and so they were actually playing uh, Rocket League on the Xbox in like a sanctioned league competition game. Nice. Um, against other players and they do pretty much restrict that down because you have to like basically create your game like at certain times so, like basically the way they do it um so like we were actually originally talking to the group they're like oh yeah so it's every day after school right like oh huh? like oh yeah it's basically because like one day you'll super smash brothers the next day you'll rocket league the next day you'll have splatoon 2 the next day you'll have you know whatever your other moba is um so they're saying a lot of schools it's basically like a sport where the kids do it every single day um which i found fascinating because we're basically doing it one day a week for the grade versus all five days which part the of next that day week. battlefield no sam well the de- the one game they were curious about did you ever play brawlhalla yeah so yeah. they were blue mammoth games man so he was intrigued by brawlhalla because it's free to play um, it was also made by a company in alpharetta true and so, because it's basically like Super Smash Brothers, just made by high res, correct? Do what? No, no, it's no, no it's not high res, it's Blue Mammoth Games. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. Oh, wow. I'm dumb. Um, I, I, knew it was Atlanta, I knew it was an Atlanta-based company, so I just assumed high res. No, it's Blue Mammoth, but Blue Mammoth got bought by, um, I think, Ubisoft. I'll oh. have to double-check that, but I think they're now under Ubisoft. But it's basically a Smash Brothers type of game, right? Yes. Um, but the allure of that is now if you have like a kid who's idle, you can basically like go over here and play Brawlhalla. Yep. It's, it's Ubisoft. Oh, oh, oh no. Um, yeah. So that, that was the, uh, story of trying to figure out like what games and how to do the licensing basically is quite. And then the other problem too is his accounts is our coach's accounts keep getting locked out. We don't know why. Signing on, signing in, to, in too many places? We think that's what it is because they're all tied to our school domain account. So we're thinking Microsoft is getting angry that it's seeing like eight email accounts from one domain, like trying to simultaneously sign in and purchase something and getting very angry about it. We think is what's happening. But the problem is it doesn't tell you. It's just like your account's been locked out. Sucks to be you. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, so trying to figure out like 
why is this happening? So that's the other thing we're running into is like stuff just keeps on getting locked out, uh, which is tons of fun. All right. So, uh, Zealus, you brought up, of course, esports. Um, and there's some slightly big news, I guess. Uh, and that is that, as many of you are probably aware, I don't, you know, we really haven't talked about it at all, but Blizzard and Act, uh, you know, Blizzard Activision or Activision Blizzard, where the hell it's called, you know, they've had a couple of lawsuits here and there. They've, They've been having some issues. I don't know, you know, just little things. Uh, well, it turns out that two of the sponsors who had previously um, either threatened to leave or did leave uh, from the um, Overwatch Pro League have now returned. And those, of course, being... Oh, my gosh. Uh, bleh, Coca-Cola and Xfinity. So it looks like since, you know, Blizzard started doing some shit that, that people are like, all right, yeah, just, you're, 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 you know, you're, you're actually striving to make changes. So we can support that. We could put our money there. Um, so good for them. The unfortunate thing is I, what I want to know is I want to know what the peak viewer numbers are, um, you know, over the past, what are like three seasons? I want to see how. Unfortunately, I, I know I, I don't want to be a Debbie Downer, but I want to see how far down it's dipped in those three years. Uh, I imagine it's gone down. But speaking of Blizzard, yes, you sir. know what's coming out this week? Diablo two, resurrected. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 a it's an ad. It's a banner ad that eats like every single gaming website right now. That's to play, at least on my computer, has to play to a certain point before it will give back like two-thirds of the screen which just for charlie they implemented his favorite system ever for video games and that would be uh basically it must ping the mothership if you ever want to play online ever i don't want to play online ever i just want to play well, single so they do it so the way blizzard and all their infinite wisdom basically set up diablo 2 resurrected is you can play on law offline actually, but you Does can never, ever, once? ever, 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 ever play online. Good. Uh, I'm sold. No, I, I hate that. Like part of the fun of Diablo two was you could do crazy online things because they also had remember the local land play. So you could do fun is, things. Is land going to be available? Nope. Exactly. I'm done. I'm good. Mm. Sorry, Zilius. You're not winning this one on me, my friend. I love the ability to be able to play my game, my single player games when I want to play as a single player, no matter my internet connection. Now, my problem is if you ever play online, like with your character, and then you play single player, you're still always talking back to the mothership, even during your gameplay. Well, that's like Battle.net 101, man. Well, the biggest problem is uh, hardcore players with their ping. Yeah, well. Because all you got to do is lag out that one time when you're playing hardcore and you die. Huzzah. Um, speaking of... Uh, oh, damn, I just lost my train of thought. What are we talking about? Oh, Diablo. Um, actually, it has nothing to do with Diablo. Um, but uh, I don't know where my brain was just a second ago. Uh, 
Some movie news for those out there who vaguely remember me mentioning that there's going to be kind of like a CGI uh, Mario movie in the works. And it's actually going to be spearheaded by Miyamoto. Well, they've released some of the voice actors who are going to be working um, the, with the or some of the actors who are going to be voicing the characters. Man, I could not talk tonight. So, the man that will be will be voicing Mario, which kind of hurts my feelings because this isn't Charles uh, Martinet who is the voice of Mario. Uh, so we're going to have to listen to a Chris Pratt version of Mario. Um, we're going to have a Charlie Day as Luigi. Jack Black as Bowser. Jack Black can't do anything wrong, so I'm cool. Uh, Keegan-Michael Key as Toad. Okay, now, then it, this, like, you know, let's, let's pull in the ret, uh, let's pull in a couple of other franchises too because you have Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong. Okay. You have Fred Armisen as Cranky Kong. You've got Okay, let's see here. Let's just um Anna Taylor Joy as Princess Peach. Shoot, where's the other one? Uh Kevin Michael Richardson will voice uh Comic and Sebastian Oh boy, I'm going to mispronounce this name. Manis Galco as Spike. So literally, it's it's the it's the Mushroom Kingdom plus Donkey Kong and Cranky Kong. For some reason, they're I guess taking a vacation in the Mushroom Kingdom. Why not? That works. Uh, they on? are they are aiming for the holidays, 2022. Uh, and for those out there who were shocked, like I was, uh, over the fact that Charles um, Martinet was not going to be the voice of Mario, have no fear. He does have a cameo role somewhere in the movie. Of course, they're not going to tell you until, you know, you see the movie and then someone spoils it. We saw him at uh, Dragon Con two years ago. He's also at Momocon a lot of time. Now. My brain is dead. Um, how many did you have you ever played any of the Warhammer uh, 40k games? I've read some of them, but I've not actually played. So I vaguely remember playing a couple of games, which weren't bad. And I've you know I've picked up a couple of those. They're not books; they're tomes. Because the, dear um, Jesus, it's like business. yeah, onibuses or or tomes. I mean, they're at least what well, with the, like. The 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 minimum amount of pages got to be like six hundred or something. I have a bunch of the Goth's ghost stuff. Zealus is going to go find it. So uh, the reason why I ask is that a lot of people have been huge fans of a game called War Warhammer Forty uh, K Space Marine, and it it was mind blowing to many gamers out there ten years ago when it first was released. Now. On their 10-year anniversary, the developers have decided that they are going to upgrade uh, anyone who owns the game. The, the Warhammer 40K Space Marines game is going to get a free 
anniversary edition upgrade on Steam to celebrate 10 years. Uh, and of course, you know, just to be funny, celebrating 10 years of wishing that there was a follow-up to the game. So basically what this anniversary edition will have is, oh boy, uh, you got uh, a map pack, a Dreadnought Assault DLC, an Iron Hand Veteran Chapter Pack DLC, Death Guard Champion Chapter Pack DLC, Golden Relic Bolter, Golden Relic Chain Sword. Oh, those are fun. Um, the Power Sword, Blood Angel Veteran Armor Set, Salamander's Veteran Armor Set, Alpha Legion Champions Armor Set, Legion of the Damned Armor Set, Emperor's Elite Pack, and Traitor's Legions Pack. Um, and then also give you the, the full soundtrack. It will also include a ringtone that you could download to your phone. So if you have if you have Warhammer 40k Space Marine on Steam, you're going to get the free upgrade to the the anniversary edition. I do not have that game, but I do have old school dun, Warhammer. Dwarfs and stuff. And then oh, if you oh, want oh, like, like like without the 40k, just the But for the 40k though, I do have which is actually really good if you like more novels. Mm -hmm. I have The Founding about Gaunt. And then I have the follow-up, The Saint, about more of God. Okay. Which how really many good. how many pages are in that first one, and how many pages are in that second one? Mm -hmm. 767. And the second tome is... 1,023. And I don't have it, but I know there's at least one more omnibus of Gaunt's Ghost. And I'm sure it's even longer. Knowing yeah. that that type of series, for some reason, it's like every single book, it's like, okay, we started at 700 pages. But we were like, oh, we love this part just a little bit more. So we're going to add another 80 pages. And then we're going to add 200 pages to to finish the trilogy off. I mean, I really enjoy them, but they're one of those series where like, you know, like some series, you can just like devour like everything and like basically like one sitting or like not taking a break. But yep. these are like really intense war. We're like basically like 78 out of 80 pages. It's like people dying and getting maimed and getting shot. So, so it's like, like, it's like Game of Thrones, but in the uh, Space Marines world. <laughs> Um, I really like them. And they, but the thing I like is they also stick to what they do well. So like this author, Dan Abnett, like once you've read one of the books, you kind of know what you're getting from the rest of them. Uh, you're getting a little bit, a little bit of political intrigue. Um, but for the most part, it's just space Marines and the evil chaos kicking ass and taking names. Uh, it doesn't really deviate from that a whole lot, which you know what you're getting and I enjoy it. Um, but you know, I've probably been reading these series over probably like two decades. So it's definitely something that I don't read in mass. Um, definitely take my time on them. So um, they're good. And there's a whole lot, there's a whole variety of these two of like a bunch of different types of offers. You got Warhammer 40K, which is obviously set in the future. And then you got the old school, I don't know what old school Warhammer is. I just call it that. But that's like the more swords and fantasy with spells and witches and stuff. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so you kind of got a little, little bit of Warhammer novels for everybody. If that's your jam. You. Yeah. Well, uh, um, well, it's cheaper than uh, getting into the the miniatures. Because from oh, my understanding, I, I, never, I never played. That's a small fortune. I, I, I always got immediately scared when I saw like these people with, I don't know what the right term is, but it looks like, you know. Uh, the miniatures. No, 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 no. I'm saying it, it's like an artist's tackle box. And oh. they've, they've got all these little drawers in there. And like on the top, they've got their paints and their brushes. But then they have, you know, all their diff- all their characters whom they painted themselves. Like amazing detail. And it's like, so uh, how much did that cost you? Oh, man, this is, you know, I just got started. So how much you spent on it? Oh, man, I you know, just to get started, I probably dropped 2500 in. But yeah, I'm at the bottom of... You know, I'm probably at the bottom of where I need to be. Like twenty five hundred dollars. I have a friend whose family uncle does that for Dungeons and Dragons. Um, he's got like the full crazy setup where like all the players have their painted figurines and all the NPCs you fight. And she totally sends me pictures to brag because um, she knows I'm jealous. And it's got all that. And like when he pulls out, you know, like the big dragon, it's not like you know. Your pre-purchased wimpy dragon. No, it's like the full like two foot model dragon that actually looks scary. Um, it's really cool from what I've seen. And he's got like the fully like drawn maps. It's pretty epic. Okay, so it's basically I mean, it, he's probably got does he actually have like the sets where he's got like the walls and everything? Yeah, it's the full sets. It's it's he's got he he's all in. <laughs> so it's it's a couple steps above what Zelius and I, along with oh, yeah. uh a Magmus and Mithrin used to do around the table in a world called Prion. Yep. Uh, he, he writes like full, like three day weekend campaigns. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Oh no, it sounds cool. To be totally honest with you, the hey. amount of times I ran uh, a Crystals of Prion uh, game, I have like the first. Mm, eight hours down to a fucking science. It's just after that, because usually that's when I was like, okay, it's time to tweak. And when I tweaked, I don't want to tweak the game. I, you know, I was just like, okay, we, we got to start to make sure everything balances now. Yeah. Not a brilliant idea on my part, but you know, whatever. Um, so speaking of brilliant or maybe not brilliant, uh, you know how we were talking about how Apple, Won their lawsuit, lost their lawsuit, depending on whomever you're going to, uh, whatever article you're going to read. Well, it turns out that Epic has a very steep hill to climb if they actually want to rejoin the App Store because they're still blacklisted. They have to do like a whole resubmission uh, uh, thing and re-sign all this paper, which, which I'm sure that... Apple's going to be like, oh, we are going to sneak some words into that agreement. <laughs> They're going to make that as difficult as possible. So there, so there's there's people who are actually predicting that uh, Ep- you won't see Epic Games on the App Store for at least a couple more years, even though that lawsuit has now gone to wherever it's gone, which is kind of interesting. But at the same time, I... 
I can't play Fortnite on the PC, and I sure as hell would never play it on a mobile device, especially without my uh, my razor finger condoms. I mean, my razor uh, 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 finger gloves. <laughs> whatever the hell that damn thing's called. I mean, I could get you a pair if you really, really need it that much. No, I'm I'm good. So, ladies, so ladies and gentlemen, if if you're watching this live, you may be noticing that I'm I'm looking a lot to my right, and that is because for some reason, uh, Google has decided to dick around with my setup, and every single time that that Zelius's um, uh, window. Uh, becomes not the one of focus. It, once it goes out of focus, it freezes. So I'm having to put all the stuff that I'm looking at on a computer next to me. So it's not that I'm... Huh? You shouldn't be able to pin me so that doesn't happen. You would think, but Google really wants us to do the meeting whatever instead of the Hangouts. Mm, yes, they do. All right, so uh, I have some potentially good news. For everyone, especially uh, for anyone who's tuned into this and may be a streamer on uh, Twitch. Twitch is in the process of signing with the National Music Publishers Association to address DMCA issues. Should I be excited? Maybe. Under the new deal, any streamer found in violation of DMCA rules will now be offered a clear warning about their offenses no. rather than have their video instantly deleted. No. Uh, however, Twitch still reserves the right to dish out penalties and deletions to any streamer who the site believes is flagrantly breaking the rules. Uh, so. So I still can't use it to play the radio, like as a radio station is what you're saying? Yeah, you, you cannot, you cannot stream a radio station. Which is interesting because, well, I mean, it's not really a radio station per se, but you have like radio shows that stream. I mean, it's their content. Yeah. But like, but. Or if you play Grand Theft Auto with the radio station. No, no, no. I mean, like, okay, yeah, the, the, the radio stations on any of the games, I understand you get nicked for that. But what I'm saying is, you know, they're like, you can't, you can't have, you know, you can't be a radio station. But what if I am a radio station? I want to stream it. Well, I don't know. That gets really complicated, I guess. I guess if you're a music station, you're probably screwed. If you're a talk station, you just have to make sure that you don't use any copyright um, outro or intro music. Well, hopefully it means there's actually like some common sense in the terms of what you get striked for. You just don't get random strikes. Ultimately, the new agreement is about putting Twitch and its parent company, Amazon, in a safer and better legislative position with the music industry. Uh, streamers will still be required to follow all the Twitch's current rules and regulations regarding the broadcasting of copyrighted content, but they might, at the very least, get a better opportunity to course correct and alter the video before Twitch uh, comes swinging uh, with reckless abandonment, so it's more like you have you're you're not going to get you know bashed over the head and not be caught unawares. You'll kind of be, um, you know, you'll you'll 
see it coming, I guess. I don't know. What about Val Kilmer? By the way, the, Val Kilmer is also the saint. Well, yeah, great movie. And I'm just referring to Sam's. And his and 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 the saint is the movie he decided to do over uh, reprising his role as Batman. I think that was a wise choice, honestly. Oh, absolutely. He was like the everyone but the person who's playing Batman got to sh- got to act, got to give a little flair. You are in a rubber suit. You have to stand. You cannot sit in the rubber suit. You can't you can barely see, hear or talk out of the fucking thing. He's like it's not worth it. Also, by the way, if you watch the uh I think it's Amazon Prime uh the the Val Kilmer um documentary Holy Ballsack. I've not seen it. Is it good? Oh, it's oh, get a box of tissues, man. It's amazing mm. because he was actually a he loved um doing like personal recordings. He had like a camcorder through a shit ton of his life. And so they just got they they got pieces of you know, they kind of spliced everything together and, and gave you a story of where he was and where he is, which of course, uh, as many of you know, he cannot talk yeah. anymore. His voice is gone. Uh, he was such a great actor back in the day too. I do love the fact that um, if anyone's ever seen uh, Silent Bob and Jay, uh, the reboot, um, Val Kilmer and Kevin Smith actually connected during the recording. Hmm. And and Kevin Smith's like, Val Kilmer's like, hey, can I swing by, maybe do a cameo? And Kevin Smith's like, I've got the perfect role for you. And Val, of course, came back and goes, you know, I, you know, I'm under the weather. I really don't have a voice. He goes, no problem. I have the perfect part for you. And of course he plays, um, oh my gosh, uh, the blunt man and chronic, blunt man, no, chronic. Which one is, damn it. One of them is, okay, so Blunt Man and Chronic, one is Jay and one is Silent Bob. I, I'm mixing up I the two. But anyways, inside. the one who is Silent Bob as kind of like a Batman, Batman, that's Val Kilmer. And he does, he basically doesn't speak. He grabs his cell phone, types out what he wants to talk about, and then shows his cell phone to the screen. It's great. It's great. I love that. <laughs> I am i don't, re, I, I have a hard time not liking Kevin Smith movies. Yeah. I don't have a problem with those. As some people do, though. I don't know. They're okay. I mean, they're movies. They have their time and place. So. Oh, mother effer. Where'd it go? I'm very confused. Sam Grizzle. Music pre-1925 is public domain. Stream the oldies. Is big the band is big band music uh, 1925 or earlier? Can I get Probably some? Um, oh, was the name of the 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 like the stud big band guy? Um, Miller, something Miller band, not Steve Miller. <laughs> Say that's definitely. Perfect. I know, I know. That's exactly where a lot of people's minds went, but not Steve Miller. Um, hmm, interesting. <laughs> Half the Twitch, half the Twitch streams are now playing uh, music uh, that's older than 1925. Glenn Miller, thank you. Um, and we're all reading like 
C.S. Lewis, no, um, not C.S. Lewis, uh, Lewis Carroll, um, Alice in Wonderland. Which is, Some other popular ones could be Louis Armstrong and Duke Reddington. Ooh. Duke Reddington or Ellington? Ellington, sorry. I was like, Reddington's not right. Ellington, I, dude, I've got, I've got some Duke on, um, on vinyl, man. That's how serious Ooh. I am. That's some classics here. Heck yeah. Get the true grizzled sound out of it. Oh, yeah. Speaking of uh, true grizzled sound, I, I, w I was on Netflix the other day, and, and I'm like in a documentary mood. And so I found this documentary called The Black Godfather. I was like, okay, check okay. it out. There is a dude who literally, if he was on your side... The sky's the fucking limit. Like he scares the shit out of anyone and everyone. He he take he, he does not. Uh, he takes no shit from anyone, and he's his name is behind a a lot of of heavy hitters. But if you're on the wrong side of him, he'll stomp your face in, basically. Oh, he he has no or problem. If like if you're like a record executive or or you're you run a company. If if he's got something to say to you, he's going to come right into your face, and he's going to drop every single expl expletive you've ever heard. And when he's done, you're going to be like, "Okay, so how do you want me to write this contract, and for how much again?" Nice. Yeah. Oh, another news: uh, the Fantastic uh, Fantastic Beast movie number three. Uh, the title has been released, and that, of course, is "The Secrets of Dumbledore." So, question. So this entire thing, the the um, Fantastic Beast, these are just the movies, right? There's no books behind them, are there? I'm pretty sure it's just movies. Yeah, the only one that I have movie would be the Golden Child or whatever that one was called. That was a play. Oh, well, there was a book for it too, though. No, but that was like the actual, like if you read the book, it was the actual play. Oh. It oh. was like, Bobby says this. Scene change. Well, there's a bunch of like coloring books, I think, for Fantastic Beast. Does that count? I love coloring books. I'm just sure. saying they exist, man. Yeah, but it's probably marketing f from the movie. I have not seen the um, Crimes of Grindelwald because, yeah, I only saw the first one. Yeah, I saw it for it. It was okay. My problem is like. The actual story was not, and the characters were not that good. The only you're expecting Harry Potter, man, but you're not going to get some Harry Potter. I know, but like that's the only reason it did well was because it happened to be in the Harry Potter world. If it was just some random, you know, fantasy genre on its own, it would have bombed. Uh, but because it happened to be Harry Potter, I know that's not true just of Harry Potter. That's a lot of. Well, I mean, this is this 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 is the exact thing that we were talking about. The uh, I don't know if it's last week or the week before, where you know, if you slap a recognizable name on something, you can sell shit, even if it really does not. Well, okay, so with with this one though, uh, Fantastic, did did it have Harry Potter in the title the first the first one or it was just Fantastic Beasts? I thought it was like Harry Potter and the Fantastic Beast. I would imagine. But anyways, I mean, it was abundantly clear that this was tied into that wizarding world. Um, but, you know, they, they were banking off of that universe to, you know, bring into money. And apparently it's it's doing well enough that they're 
having they now will have a trilogy. So I'm incorrect. It seems Harry Potter is actually not in their title. It's just Fantastic Beast and where to find them. Interesting. So no, Harry Potter was not in the name. Interesting. Dumbledore is. I mean, it's not in the name, but Dumbledore's in the in the movie. All the movies. Well, well if he's going to be a central character, then that makes sense. But is he though? I I don't know. That's I think that's the point of the third one is he's going to be a central character of the third Harry Potter or Fantastic Beast, right? Sure. I mean, I don't know. I haven't seen it yet, and nor have I read the book for it. I don't think there is a book. Exactly. So it's a mystery. Did y'all hear about the new movie called... Oh my God! Sam! <laughs> no! <laughs> no! You almost got me. I prefer my movies called X-Lax. <laughs> I, ca- I-, I like mine smooth and steady. Um, For those of you who don't know what the hell we're talking about, because you're listening to this as the podcast form, uh, Sam was making a poop joke. Yes, he was. And I'm not falling for it. He thought he was funny. Okay, so uh, quick question for everyone here. Um, when you when you're looking to watch a playthrough or or a video walkthrough of a game, what do you think is the maximum amount of time per uh, you know video clip uh, that you you feel okay watching and is there like a so basically if i play if i play a 5 hour game okay uh what do you think is the the best way to digest that in 20 minute segments and 30 minute segments and an hour and basically 2 hours 2 hours and then 1 hour or let's say it's you whatever whatever your choice is is there a maximum number of overall gaming hours like, let's say I played a game for 100 hours, and I, for some dumbass reason, recorded all of that. Would you actually watch all 100 hours if they were in, like, that 15-minute chunks? No. So what is the maximum number of overall hours and the maximum amount of, I guess, episodic minutes? 18 seconds. No one is going to make 18 seconds. It's going to take you like 10 seconds for the damn thing to get up to the, the proper rendering uh, frame rate. I don't know. I've never I've never watched playthroughs. Uh, the I mean, only I reason I watch playthroughs is if I get like stuck in a game. See, here's the funny thing. I, don't... I find it useful. So I guess in regards to your question. Yes. The way I find playthroughs. Play... The way I find playthroughs useful, mm-hmm. if it's by basically, let's call it like chapter of the game, meaning actually a good example is this. Let's take uh, Scarlet Nexus because we both recently played that, right? Yep. yep. If I were to hypothetically mm-hmm. watch an episodic content of Scarlet Nexus, I would probably want it by chapter, right? Because there's, I think, 12 chapters of the game. So that would make the most sense to me. Um, in terms of watching it that, because that point's like a TV show. And I think probably for most video games, breaking it down, not necessarily by length, but rather by like, what is a concrete event? In most games, that's probably a boss. Like, especially if we're talking like the RBGs. Yeah. I would say like some kind of boss battle or some kind of 
important event. And I think the main reason is, is because it's not interesting to call your game playthrough part four of eight, part through, you know, part five of eight. Rather, it can be like playthrough uh, bottle versus the big cat. Mm-hmm. Playthrough battle versus the big chocobo, right? If right. you can give them very significant titles where somebody's looking to play that, or like the classic Final Fantasy VII, ending battle versus Sephiroth, right? Like people, I think that's what they're going to recognize in a playthrough because most people aren't going to watch an entire playthrough of a video game. But if there's key segments, I think that's what's going to draw their attention. So it's more you're you're you'd be more interested in more highlights than, um, yeah. than the the grinding grueling. But even if it's the whole thing, I would still think you'd want to break it down, not necessarily by length, but by key events in the game surrounding that. Almost like a TV show. I know they happen to all be at the same time. I get that because they're, you know, bound to corporate overlords. But, you know, not I mean, Netflix about, or Hulu. Yeah. Think about it. some of their TV shows have shows of different lengths, yep. right? Based yep. on what happens in the show. Yep. So that's how I would think about it is not necessarily what is the length, but what is the important events in that? So you probably want to conclude almost like a book, right? Where you conclude a chapter, AKA a episodic episode of a game you're playing. Mm-hmm. And then you start the new segment at kind of the new event in it. So that's how I look at it because it goes back to, you know, titling your videos based off of, what was an important event during that? Not what happened to be the minute I was playing it. That's how I look at it. So for those out there who may not know, um, I, of course, post playthroughs. And uh, one of the the last ones I posted was a game called uh, Retro uh, Makina, which, of course, you can read the review now on www.alteredconfusion.com. And the way I had to do it was I first broke, I think there's really three or, f- I think it's three different areas that you're going to play through. And so I broke the playthrough into three different chunks. And then I made those areas, I kind of, I think I put them in like 20-ish minute chunks, like little bite-sized pieces. Um, I mean, I would say 20 minutes is probably the right amount of time. You know, and so, I mean, like I ended up with, I think I ended up with like, that would be many, my go-to. How many, freaking, how many did I end up with, though? I want to say I had, like, 28. No, it can't be 28. Could it? I have to check now. Let's see here. Um, if I remember 28. how to... Huh? It's 28. Knew it! 28 overall episodes which basically were about, mm, I think it was like 20-something minutes-ish or whatever. Um, so that, okay, so roughly, I don't know how long that is, but there's a game I just finished playing that after recording and taking out all of the travel time, mm. which, dear God, um, <laughs> I whittled down the game to nine hours. I'm like, this still feels like too much. Because it's not an action-packed game, so I, I'm, I'm thinking I'm not going to do that one. Uh, by the way, the game's called um, Heaven's Vault, which is a really cool game. 
and I'm play I'm actually doing a game plus uh of the game, which is huge because I usually like I'm one and done. But throughout the vast majority of the game, you are translating like this this ancient language. And in your game plus, you get to retain all of the words that you've translated so that when you play through again, you can, you know, basically build out the vocabulary, your your dictionary, and be able to really dig deeper into what the hell was really happening in this world. I'm actually on the very last chapter of uh, right now, Scarlet Nexus. Right on, right on. The, uh... Yeah, I know exactly yeah. what you're talking about. Yep. Yeah. I'm yep. like, oh, okay. That, yeah. It's, right, a, yeah. All right, all right. it's one of those games you really can't say much about because anything you're going to talk about is a spoiler alert. Yeah. Um, I will say it's a great game that I'd recommend to anyone. Agreed. Uh, yeah. It's, it's a good game. Um, the main character is who did you play? The girl. So I play as the dude, um, Yota. He's a little bit hokey. He's a little bit too happy about life. Kind of like, really? Yeah, I wanted <laughs> to punch him in the balls a couple times. Oh, yes. No, that is... Try playing as the main character. And you definitely feel that way. Like, really? Um, no, but but if you play as the, the girl, it's so much angst. Mm. And I have to put the whole world on my shoulders constantly. Just like, Jesus, woman, breathe. I can see that. Um yeah, so he's a little bit, he's the definition of like a trope is really what it comes down to. Like, if there was a Mary Sue stereotype for a guy, that is him. <laughs> uh, so that, 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 that would be my one kind of complaint about the game mm -hmm. is some of the characters were a little bit, actually, some of the characters were very corny. And, and some of the characters, of, some of the character interactions, I felt like a piece of shit. I'm like, no, I would never actually do that if it was really the god damn it. <laughs> yeah. I lost a friend. Oh. Uh, but no, it's it's a great game. I, I have thoroughly enjoyed playing it. Right on, right on. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's pause real quick to give you some friends of the show. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, the first friend of the show, of course, is going to be the Indie Cluster. The Indie Cluster is an organization of independent game developers that want to gain exposure by being involved in the community. They collectively journey to popular conferences as a traveling booth to help gain attention for their games. They make partnerships in local communities to bring games to the main mindset. Oh, sorry, the mainstream mindset. They highlight local, unusual, and rare concepts to challenge the paradigm of the common. They also host events to teach kids and minority groups about game development to hopefully one day enter the industry themselves. If you'd like more information, go to w sorry, go to indiecluster.com. That's I-N-D-I-E-C-L-U-S-T-E-R.com. Now, of course, the next friend of the show that we have to give a huge shout-out for is Noodle Boy Media. Founded in 2015 by Andrew Tran, Noodle Boy Media, previously Watkid 47 Media, is your choice for professional photo shoots and panel recordings at conventions. They pride themselves in providing a high level of professionalism, top-notch experiences, and quality services. If you want more information and to view their full list of services, check out facebook.com slash noodleboymedia. And of course, the last but not least, ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you about Hero Chiropractic. 
Hero Chiropractic is a unique healthcare practice set up by Ryan Moore. The company's focus to elevate a patient's experience of freedom, creative expression, and joy. They believe that everyone can be a hero and has incredible heroic potential inside themselves waiting to be unleashed. Hero Hero Chiropractic focuses on mobile chiropractic care in the greater Atlanta area. They're committed to healing clients by creating a plan of action uniquely suited for each person. They make that plan of action as convenient and affordable as possible, and most importantly, suited to your individual needs. If you want more information, go to HeroChiropractic.com. And Dr. Ryan was actually uh, at my house this week uh, to adjust both myself and my son. So, yeah, he's a good guy, real good guy. All right, since we we gave you know the friends of the show, we of course need to do a couple of uh, uh, PSAs, those public service announcements uh, about Ultra Confusion. So, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, the most important thing for us to tell you about is the fact that for the tenth year straight, Ultra Confusion will be fundraising for Extra Life. Extra Life is gamers doing what they do best gaming to help sick and injured children at their chosen children's miracle network hospital the money that we raise through extra life will go directly to our chosen hospital which of course is children's healthcare atlanta as unrestricted funds this means that the hospital decides where and how to spend the money to ensure the dollars you raise make the biggest impact in the lives of the kids they treat so if you have the capacity to donate please go to extra-life.org and search for altered confusion for the love of the kids for the kids all right, ladies and gentlemen, I also want to tell you that Alter Confusion has a Patreon. Uh, Alter Confusion survives on the love and support of fans like you. And so we have a Patreon page. Patreon lets you, the fans, supporters, lovers, haters, demons, monsters, ghosts, extraterrestrial beings, uh, interdimensional beings, gods, demigods, uh, multiple cell organisms, and more. Uh, to become active participants in the work we love through a monthly membership. This gives you access to exclusive content, community, and insight into our creative process. In exchange, we gain a bit more freedom to do our best work and the stability we need to build an even stronger brand. There are currently two tiers uh, for uh, for the monthly subscription. You have the, the bottom tier, which of course is the $1 a month, $12 a year tier. And what that will get you is the ability to take part in polls that help shape Alter Confusion, as well as allow you to gain early access to any of the playthroughs that are posted online. So basically what that means is that when a playthrough by Alter Confusion goes up, uh, y'all, the patrons, will have exclusive rights to, to watch and view it before the general public. Now, if you want to go up to the second tier, the second tier is $5 a month or $60 a year. And what that will do is, of course, it will give you everything from before, the uh, the ability to take part in polls to help shape Alter Confusion, the early access to our playthroughs. But also, this will allow you to have your name or organization added to our thank you section for the Thursday Night Hangouts. So, Noodle Boy... Uh, media, indie cluster, hero chiropractic. Those are our giants. Um, so if you want to be part of that, uh, go to patreon.com slash altered confusion. 
Yes, Sam, I totally agree. Pony up, deadbeats! Um, you have a pony for me? No. And then finally, ladies and gentlemen, just because I know Sam loves me saying this, ladies and gentlemen, if you, if you do not feel like you have the ability to give us a financial donation, but you want to give something to Alter Confusion, perhaps a physical item, a t-shirt, a coffee mug, something within the realm of reasonability, which I don't know if that's even a word, but um, what you could do is you could send a package to, oh my gosh, 1551 Dunwoody, that's D-U-N-W-O-O-D-Y, Village Parkway. This is the super important part. Number, super duper important. Number 88276. That is the P.O. Box number. If you do not put that P.O. Box number on there, it will not get to us. So once again, number 88276. The city, of course, is Dunwoody, D-U-N-W-O-D-Y, Georgia, Zip code 30338. There you go. Yes. So I know I've been I, I've been kind of like, you know, talk, I've been trying to, you know, pull the crowd a lot tonight about the playthroughs. And the reason is that um I've actually been trying to record a couple first of all, the the retro machina machina playthrough that actually went public today was actually private for a much a much longer amount of time than I wanted it to simply because I couldn't find a game that I could record the playthrough for and it was and it was like coherent there was so much like I don't want to say like thumb twiddling but there's just so much dead space of me just getting lost hmm. so um I did play an entire game uh, today. It will be, it's going to be the game that's going to have the early uh, playthrough access. Uh, the name of the game, of course, is When the Past Was Around, which is a really sad game, by the way. Um, and it's it, it, it basically took me an hour and a half. So it's going to be a very short, compact uh, playthrough. And that's one of the reasons why I was asking how you wanted it to be broken up, because it's really section into five chapters and each chapter is basically a scene um but uh but yeah i if if y'all out there have any suggestions for games that would make good uh playthroughs of course i would uh i would love to you know overwatch get... valorant no no turbo chess how about this how about this you want to see how bad i am I'll do a highlight video for patrons only, and you can watch me fail spectacularly and get everyone pissed off at me playing Valorant. Or, oh dear God, not Crusader Kings 2. Maybe I tried that's to... what you need. No, what you should do is you should do like a meme account where basically like you play as badly as you can play, like your normal gameplay style, where you act like you're the best player on the entire squad. And you're just like cursing everyone, like calling them noobs and basically being a normal Twitch streamer. Dude, I don't know. I don't think I have the cojones to pull that off. I think <laughs> I think it'd just be funny as hell just to watch me play, um, you know, like a couple rounds of Fortnite or, or uh, you know, some other game. I Look, here's the deal. I am not going to wow anyone with my first-person shooter skills. 
What are my third-person shooter skills? I have a very hard time doing two things at once. I'm either going to aim and shoot, or I'm going to be running. I'm not going to be doing both, especially if, if when ammo is limited, I get antsy, and I don't want to waste it unless I'm standing stock still, and that's usually when I get my brains blowed out. Let's be honest. I suck at those type of games. The oh yes, I'm actually kind of serious about that. I, I look, like Zelius says, uh, you know, uh, old school strategy games like Lord of the Realms. Lord of the Realms, I you know, if I could actually get that to play well, <laughs> no, 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 it doesn't play well. Have you played it on Steam? I thought I did, or no, maybe that was whatever. Uh, I'll have to check. But I know that a couple of the games, they're like, yeah, they're available on Steam, and you play them, it's just, like, janked up. Like, Oh, the, my gosh. These screenshots are bringing back memories. Like, the, the color's all wrong. It's, like, inverted and stuff, and, like, shit's, like, super-duper speed and whatnot. That's why you have to play a DOS box, man. DOS box for life! Maybe there's an integrated DOS box. Some games have it, I guess. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, the only, the only shooting game that I think I've been Elder Scrolls six in 2024 ish. Why does Bethesda hate money? Mm. Uh, I don't know. Ask Microsoft. Microsoft owns Bethesda now, or they own the parent company, Zenimax. So maybe because they have to make sure maybe um, Elder Scrolls 6 in 2024 is for every console but the Xbox, whatever the fuck it is when it comes out. Who knows? Who or knows? you could just reprint, uh, what is it, G Grand Theft Auto 5 for like the eighth time. Yeah. No. No. Mm -mm. I'm saying, man, it's worked so well to now. So, I do. So, as I've stated many times, there when I'm playing games, I routinely get lost, um, and it you know it usually shows a game that usually should take me about or anyone any sane person like you know eight hours or ten hours usually takes me about like twenty three. So Zelius, in your gaming history, is there that one game that? you feel like you honestly played a shit ton more than was necessary? I would probably say like back in the day, the civilizations, mm -hmm. because there would come that point in a Civ game where like you knew you won, right? Like, yep. did you ever do the thing where like you'd basically like, you know, you'd conquer the last empire, mm -hmm. they'd leave them with like one city, like just their capital you spend like the rest of your time basically getting like every civ tech and exploring every land so every uh great wonder yes so civilization was definitely one of those games where like i loved going for much longer than i needed to because why the hell not yeah i, yeah, I could actually i could actually see that yeah with with that type of you know turn-based strategy game where you know you have the game in hand and now you can basically check out all the other stuff that you could do. But I think that's also a big thing with RPGs. I mean, just take 
you know, Scarlet Nexus with the mm -hmm. friendship levels. So basically, like a lot of RPGs, you have your companions and you have friends. I mean, most RPGs do this type of thing. We have some kind of friendship element. Yes. Which are you powering well, up your friendships? I feel like honestly, friendship five without doing anything. Um, well, yeah, all you got to do is just like listen to them, bitch and moan, and give them yes. presents. And that gets you like, I haven't got anybody to fix it. I probably don't plan to grind it, to be honest. Um, I don't care that much, honestly. It's uh, not but, that hard for a couple of them. Yeah. But like, that's the thing. It's like, that's a game where like, basically you can grind to get that top friendship level for every character if you felt like it. Um, or, you know, like the Mass Effects, the same thing. Like you could do like all the... I didn't do a single one when I played through it. I still beat it on hard difficulty level. Mm -hmm. So most games, it's very tangential to the actual difficulty. Um, I'll say one cool thing I do actually like about Scarlet Nexus is you get a benefit out of the friendship level. Yes. Um, yes. Like a lot of video games, it's like, hooray, we have a great friendship. Now we can talk about our feelings. Not yeah, it's like, yeah so like, there's actually incentive to at least get like to the four out of six friendship levels, get to that fourth one for that special bonus. Um, so there was that, which I thought was a cool addition. And I do like that. It wasn't like, but it also came organically. Like as long as you just kind of listen to your friend, it just kind of came. You didn't really like, I thought it was the right balance. Cause you don't have to grind to get to that good level, but yeah. then you do have that option to grind for that last tier. So I think that's a great balance between, making it very accessible to most players without really having to grind it, just make it a natural part, a natural organic part of the game. But still for those video game players, to your point though, who want to become a completionist and it's not just all giving to them on a silver platter, mm -hmm. there still is that extra, hey, you can grind for this extra part if you want to. I think that's a great way of doing it because you have that option. It's like some people want to grind for every part of the game. And so offering that to them is some players just like, all right, I've already put 30 hours into the game. I'm good. Let's just beat it. Just out of curiosity, uh, how many hours have you put in? I'm around 30 right now. Uh, I, I ended up with 36. So I'll probably end up with, I'm guessing, low 30s. Uh, but I'm not really doing any grinding. I'm just, I don't, I've never even figured out how to do a side quest. <laughs> okay. Let me just, that's, that's the one downfall of this game. The side quests are stupid as fuck. Like, it's like, you have to kill this per, you have to kill this specific type of enemy utilizing this combo move. I'm like, no, uh, the, the shit I get from there, I've got enough money from just, you know, running through levels. Yeah. I'll just buy it myself. Like I got a notice at one point, like, Hey, you can now do side quest. And I never actually saw how to do a side quest. Like, to talk to somebody if you look like, if you if you go in one of the towns and you look at the map there's like i think it's like a square or a triangle or something if you walk up to him like you know there's this thing i need you to do but you don't I think have I to, went do to it. one of the towns that's probably the first one and i like found some free money and goods i was like cool oh yeah they, they hide that shit all over the place yeah yeah and i was like okay i'm good back to you know killing shit no, uh, they, like literally, I totally forgot about the side quest for a while. And then I was like, basically, this is the end of the game. I was like, oh, what the hell? I went to every single town and just ran up and down the street and basically got all the side quests and giggled to myself going, I'm never going to do this shit. Um, 
But the it was only... interesting though. Hmm. Sorry. I was getting so a game like new like Scarlet Nexus, like I don't really feel like I'm losing anything, honestly, by not doing the side quest. I'm like, whatever. You're not. You're not. But then you take a game like Final Fantasies, a big thing like you know there's always like the ultimate weapon mm-hmm. or something super epic you can get if you do this extra grinding, which like you kind of know you're missing out on. So it's kind of interesting how different RPGs take different strategies where most of Final Fantasies you can just kind of go through and beat, but you're kind of missing what most people would say an integral part of the Final Fantasy experience by not getting the ultimate weapon or doing XYZ versus this game chooses to do it differently where it's basically do go straight down the path and, you know, different RPGs obviously do it different ways. Well, I'll, I'll admit that I definitely, you know, I, the only grinding I really did was when I was looking for specific material to upgrade a weapon or for a gift. And there's, there's one gift that I can't remember what the stupid material was, but it like never dropped. And so I was just like, you know what? Screw it. I don't need level six with everyone. Cause I got pissed. I was just like, I, I was doing everything I could to beat the crap out of these guys. Cause I was OP'd at that point. And God dang it. Motherfucker wouldn't drop the thing. Yeah, that is, I agree. That's the tricky part. Um, yeah, but you know, it's kind of that idea of different RPGs of different in game, you know, end game for different people, um, and what they want. It, it is kind of, but I'll say the other thing too is, so the other kind of AAA game I played recently was mm-hmm. um, Outriders. So you take Scarlet Nexus, where once you beat the game, the gamers are like, "Cool, beat the game, let's move on," right? But Outriders is the kind of game where you beat the game, and it's like, damn it, I want more content right now. Uh, so it's just kind of fascinating to me how different games, and I think it might have something to do with the genre, because mm-hmm. Outriders is a straight-up first-person shooter game that plays like Destiny. I mean, it's not, but it kind of plays like that Destiny. It feels like it's a, it is a looter shooter, but it feels like it would be a gaming-as-a-service type of game, even though the developers clearly said it's not. But yet, a lot of people are like outraged that there's no additional content or there's not really that good end game. So it's just kind of interesting. Different games of different genres, I think, is really a big part of what gamers have come to expect. And it's almost like from the FPS combat type of games, people have ex- come to expect a continuous treadmill. It's right. like you just can't beat the first person shooter game be done with it like there has to be more bro it's called online play man well that's the biggest problem with outriders the out game online play is terrible mm-hmm. uh, that doesn't help so uh the the game i mentioned earlier on um heaven's vault which is it's it's literally an adventure puzzle game um there is an opportunity where you could die in the game but there's not oh, no, like there's no, there's no like enemies or whatever. It's really just kind of like a mystery solving game. And like I said, I actually for for one of the very few times I actually went to New Game Plus where I could continue to build on my uh, my linguistic dictionary. Um, but the thing that's really taken me, uh, I mean, basically just wowed me is the fact that technically yes, the story is the same. 
but how shit happened for me in the first playthrough is not necessarily how it panned out in this playthrough. Like mm. I may have met this, I may have met this person to go somewhere. They're going to show me where this thing is and I'll go there. But next time I will have enough information so I could go somewhere without this guy's help. And he will be part of some other piece of the game. So the characters are still there. It's just, they're, you know, connected differently, which is quite interesting. I find, but, um, for those of you who were watching last stream, I was trying a game called, oops, hold on. That's not the name of the game. Whoops. Hold on. Is that the name of the game? My, uh, my window became unstuck in, in the, the stream thing and I accidentally grabbed my window. Um, it's called Murdered Soul Suspect. Uh, you are a detective who was killed, but you've got unfinished business through your soul sticking around to try to solve your own murder. Um, it's interesting, but at the same time, infuriating. It tells you how many clues you need to solve uh, a specific crime or part of the game but there are pieces that you have to unwittingly do in order for like the final piece to fall it's not going to be there and i spent like a shit ton of time running between these two areas going what am i supposed to do what then, indeed are you supposed to do, sir? And then I, I ended up doing something slightly different, and then all of a sudden, this like this whole new line of dialogue uh, for the dude who I've been trying to figure out what the fuck he's doing the entire time. All of a sudden, he's chatty Cathy. I'm like, you son of a bitch. Hmm. But it's an interesting game. I'll probably continue to play it. I, I think, I think I've. I've started to play more of like the, you know, the scary um psychological horror games. It's my my streaming games of choice. Uh just because I can get really into it and hopefully not scream like a little girl. But, you know. That's not a reasonable to scream like a little girl playing games. It happens to the best of us, sir. I will I will point out, I don't know if it would still have the same effect on me, but there was a game called Condemned that scared the ever-living snot out of me when I was living in my apartment down in Orlando. Well, Winter Springs. Um, literally, to the point, I, I could watch most horror movies and be like, ooh, I'm a little scared. But this game, for some reason, I would turn on every single light in my apartment and walk around to make sure no one was going to bust through a wall or a window or something. Mm. That's how bad it got me. Random question. Have you ever played the, I don't know what the right pronunciation is, but the YSW, or sorry, the YS series? Yes. What do you think it's of it? E's, by the way. What? Oh, it's, it's pronounced E's. Yep. I knew I wasn't going to say that. Correctly. It's, it's, it's a good, uh, it's a solid RPG. Um, I actually had it for, I think I had it for the PlayStation 2 and the PSP. And the PSP version, of course, sucked balls. Because hmm. there was insane load times between the screens. And sometimes you're like, oops, I actually went on the screen. Oh, son of a bitch. Uh, but it, it's it's a solid, I mean, I have up to, I've got a collector's edition of E7 somewhere. So, I mean, you know, 
it's good. It's hmm. not as crazy as Persona, that's for sure. But I can't, that you know, is, I can't complain it, about it. Could that sometimes be a good thing if it's not as crazy? Yes. Because Persona is all kinds of wacky doodle crazy shit. Uh, not that there's anything wrong with that. It's just you have to have, be in a specific mindset in order to truly enjoy a Persona. I can see that. But anyways. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, just a real quick... Uh, uh, recap here. If you um, would like for your friends to join in this amazing thing called Alter Confusion, please know that every single one of these shows is uh, recorded and is then put out into the beautiful ones and zeros of the interweb as both video and audio format. So if you want some of it, uh, the best place, of course, to go is www.alteredconfusion.com, where you can check out the latest and greatest of the podcast uh, and the video cast, I guess, or the show. Uh, each page will have the, the video and the podcast built in, uh, but you can also get your podcast fix from, oh gosh, I think I actually have it. Um, and of course, I lost where that link was. Uh, and I think I just jacked Zelius's video up. Nope. Okay. No, uh, you can get on, uh, the, the Apple, uh, pot, uh, iTunes podcast, um, Google play podcast, Podbean, and a shit ton of other ones. That I don't even know we were on, but we're on them. So you get them there. And of course all of our videos come from YouTube. So, but you anyways, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, first of all, I'm going to have to find a, a co-host to replace Zelius for next week. Cazilius is leaving town, son of a bitch. <laughs> but uh, but I will I'm... be in your backyard the whole time. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Jesse's back. No, uh, no. Anyways, uh, so ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, I'd like to thank everyone for tuning into the Ultra Confusion Thursday Night Hangout for myself, Charlie, and Zelius. It's been a pleasure coming out of your my. It's been a pleasure giving everything on our heads, our mouths, and of course, our hearts. We'll be back next Thursday, or I'll be back next Thursday for another Ultra Confusion Thursday Night Hangout. Remember, kids, keep on gaming in the free world. I'm into that, brother.